0: Welcome to the Wisdom and Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Clues. Each week, I'll be leading a series of conversations with our team here at Carson Wealth, which are designed to equip our listeners with the helpful insights necessary to simplify the critical decision points of life. We believe that true wealth is the thing money cannot buy and death cannot take away. Furthermore, we also believe our calling is to enable others to fulfill their own. And to that end, we endeavor. Welcome into this Wisdom and Wealth podcast discussion. I'm joined today uh, by Sarah Dewey and Scott Schloffman. Sarah holds a JD and is a trust, certified trust and financial advisor, a chartered advisor in philanthropy, and an accredited estate planner. And she currently serves uh, as our vice president of trust services. Scott Schloffman holds a master's of professional accountancy and serves as our senior tax accountant from our tax team uh, in Colorado Springs. Scott and Sarah and Sarah, thank you so much for our, joining our discussion. Um, really excited to you know see where this all goes and uh, to learn something in the process and better serve our clients. Welcome.
1: Thanks, Josh. Happy to be here.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a pleasure to be here. It's always always fun when all of the teams under the Carson Wealth umbrella when we can all get together and work together work together to really help our clients absolutely and
0: and to that point you know so why are we doing this and as we've discussed in previous conversations the average person uh can have up to three to five siloed conversations about their tax and estate and wealth planning situation with the various teams um but honestly this game of telephone sometimes breaks down because the people they lean on are rarely all at the same table um, and so you add to this changing conditions, um, changing situations, and really the default quarterback becomes that client. Um, and so, you know, they, they may have the least amount of time and the, to devote to that than everyone at that particular engagement. So worse yet um, would be even if they are able to autopilot that, you know, estate plane for a period of time, they're rarely able to mentor their estate executor. Um, to be able to pick up where they left left off, and so that's where we step in. We want to make sure that our clients are proactively covered from a tax and an estate perspective, as well as a wealth perspective, annually, um, just to make sure that our clients are in control, they're well informed, and, and they're able to take things to the next level. So we'll start these conversations off, which are going to be weekly conversations, multi part series, but um, it may seem simple when you first hear about it, but required minimum distributions. Um, they've been around for a while. Uh, they seem pretty straightforward, but I think we're underestimating some of the complexity that, that starts there. So, you know, w- when we start, uh, you know, Scott, typically how, how when, when you hear of an RMD from from uh, the, the typical person, like, what, what do you think? Um, are you given any are you, are you given an opportunity to strategize on their behalf sometimes or is, is it sometimes just handed to you and you say, you know, hey, it's I just got to plug it in?
2: You know, lots of times, unfortunately, it tends to be more, hey, let's just plug it in and let's go with it. Um, I think one of the trickier parts about working, especially in taxes, is you're not always given the opportunity to deal with things on a large scale basis. A lot of times people just see you when either okay, here's my stuff for the new year or right as we're approaching that new year, hey, how much tax is I how much tax am I going to owe? And so it can be very tricky from a tax perspective because we generally aren't thinking about that whole scope of okay, we've got RMDs coming up, how's that gonna, going to affect things? You know, we're usually just thinking about it on a year-to-year basis. And even if we aren't, we may not have all the knowledge. So, you know, people are usually using wealth advisors outside of us. We're we're usually the ones who, okay, here's what happened with your money. Whereas the wealth advisors, they're going to have a much greater idea of that full financial picture. So it's tricky for us when people come in.
0: And, And Sarah, from your perspective, is there... More than meets the eye to the RMD conversation as it stands today.
1: Definitely. Uh, especially now that the Secure Act has passed um, and you know, how RMDs are, are, are going to be affected, not only during your lifetime, but thinking about, you know, who is going to receive those RMDs, if you will, after you're you're gone. Really thinking about who and how those RMBs are going to be passed out of your qualified retirement plans.
0: Yeah. So I, I joke, and maybe I shouldn't, with clients occasionally that, you know, so if they have two children, they really have four, right? Potentially. So you have your, your two kids, uh, any charities that you like, and the IRS, whether you realize it or not. And those four, unfortunately, given the way the tax structure works, are not treated equally. Um, one of them's a little bit hungrier than the other. Uh, so, you know, when, when I put together an income stream, I'm haunted by the idea of, okay, I can put together an income stream prior to retirement or a plan rather an income plan before retirement, but that's going to change once a client retires, once they take social security a little bit, um, RMD age and in advanced age and what you alluded to Sarah, when they, um, you know, once they've they've passed on, and they pass it on to their their heirs, who more often than not are going to be in their peak earning years. And so, I think you know it probably makes sense just to go ahead and and start from a here are some best practices prior to retirement from a tax and an estate perspective. And then we'll walk through that that progression of hey, you're filing for Social Security. Um, you know, you've added some income to it, but I hope we give our clients flexibility along that path. Um, beforehand. Um, Scott, so when when you think about uh, just a few things that you wish wealth advisors and, you know, we, we work in tandem, but if somebody outside of the, the Carson network or outside of the Carson uh, advisory umbrella hands you a tax return, what are the things that you're typically wanting to see prior to retirement, just to make sure that they're taking advantage of what they need to be taking advantage of to be fully in control?
2: I think really we're, you know, we're, when we're thinking about retirement we're trying to think about um really just kind of taking a multi multi multi-year perspective i mean i think ideally um you know you want to be aware of how much money are you taking out how much money are you going to need to take out because especially with rmds uh if you aren't prepared for those rmds it can be very surprising and especially if you have a lot of wealth saved up you really You don't want to just be caught off guard by, oh, gee, I need to take this huge distribution because, you know, if you're sitting in one tax bracket and then suddenly, you know, you get bumped up a tax bracket or two, that can be very scary, very devastating. Um, So really with planning for RMDs, it's all about understanding not just where you are, but where where you're going to go in the future.
0: Well, and you're raising a good point too, because... Shame on us as financial planners and advisors if we are not, at, at a bare minimum, getting a high-level ballpark of what a client's living expenses are prior to retirement. And the only way I can do that is from their tax tax return, right? Because there, there's no way around what they're actually spending because I know what's being saved, I know what's paid in taxes, what's given to philanthropy based off the tax return, and then the rest is spent if it's not sitting on you know, their balance sheet somewhere. Um, and so I, I think uh, the the old thought process, Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong, has has always been defer as much income as you possibly can for as long as you possibly can, and don't take it out. Um, and so who I'm targeting here is that person who comes and says, "Hey, I want to retire by age 60," and then their IRA, you know, their 401k or IRA that they've rolled it to just continues growing and getting bigger. And they really haven't taken into consideration that, hey, just through some basic cash flow modeling, we can determine what your distribution at age 60 or 72 is going to be to where you're you were going, Scott, with with the hey, they, we just bumped them up into a, a, a whole new tax bracket. So um, from my end, I, I think just making sure I don't I don't like calling it a budget, but making sure we, I know what their cash flow plan is prior to retirement um, is pretty big. From my perspective, anything that we should add onto that, Sarah, prior to the the retirement baseline?
1: Gosh, that's a really good question. I can't think of anything. I mean, it sounds like you've got all the bases covered. That you're going to be working with, you know, your professionals to make sure that you have enough saved for retirement. That what? Where are the buckets that you're going to be accessing the cash from? Which buckets? Um, you know, what's your legacy? What, you know, how do you want to use that wealth that you've accumulated? Do you want to be, you know, starting to move some of those assets out of your estate? You know, I'm always thinking about it from the estate planning angle too, is, you know, as you move into that retirement age, you've got to be getting a handle, not only on your cash flow needs, but also really make sure that your estate plan is aligned with what your intentions are. And, you know, you can start, Maybe gifting to reduce the size of your estate, whether that be to charity or whether that be to individuals in your life who you care about. So it's it's all of these things that we have to be uh, working on. Um, but RMDs, of course, yeah, they can really be a tax bomb. It's no longer that deferral. Um, you really gotta anticipate what it's gonna look like uh, in time. You can't plan too soon? Maybe that's the, maybe that's the idea. There's really no wrong time to be thinking about that and how it's going to be affecting you when you do finally retire.
0: Well, that is all for today. We appreciate your time and trust that you are better equipped to steward both your wealth and your financial resources. If you have questions or suggestions for a future topic, please direct those to infohouston at carsonwealth.com. Thank you again for joining us today. May you and your family encounter truth, beauty,
3: and goodness on the road ahead. The opinions voiced in the Wisdom and Wealth podcast of advisor and host are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principle. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, please consult a attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities and advisory services offered through Cetera Advisory Networks, LLC, a broker dealer and a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services also offered through CWM LLC an SEC registered investment advisor. Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC is under separate ownership from the other named entity. Josh Clues is a non-producing registered representative of Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC. Our local address is 1780 Hughes Landing, Suite 570, Woodlands, Texas 77380. Generally, a donor advised fund is a separately identified fund or account that is maintained and operated by a Section 501 organization, which is called a sponsoring organization. Each account is composed of contributions made by individual donors. Once the donor makes the contribution, the organization has legal control over it. However, the donor or the donor's representative retains advisory privileges with respect to the distribution of the funds and the investment of assets in the account donors take a tax deduction for all contributions at the time they're made, even though the money may not be dispersed to the charity until much later.